Taylor, I have a tip for new dads. Dad, if you've got little ones, and you know how dads of little ones, you've got to sit and watch their movies over and over and over again. You need to keep track because there's going to come a day, Dad, when you're like, hey, you want to sit and watch the game with me? And they're going to be like, Dad, you know I don't like baseball. And then you can say, well, according to my chart, I watched The Little Mermaid 7,000 times with you. (laughs) Go get your jersey on. You're watching one game with your dad. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) The guilt trip. Kev, you know how you've been saying for years you want to run for president on the four-day work work week? week, Yes. Well, coming up, someone (laughs) may have beat you to it. Huh. Hey, Kev, you know how you've been saying for years that you want to run for president based on the four-day work week? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, someone may have beat you to it in a a small way. A little six-year-old from Georgia named Brody wants the government to change school to four days a week. I'm Brody. I've been tired of school lately, and I've been dreaming for three days off. He said he wants to spend time with his grandma. He made the video with his mom, Jessica, and posted. she posted it for him, and the video has gone viral. Lots of people are on board with Brody, and I wonder if every teacher in the country is his biggest fan. Mm. They would love to teach mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. four days. It's exhausting. Absolutely. <laughs> when someone in your life is really going through a tough time, I mean, they're just completely overwhelmed. What advice do you give them? Mm. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So if you're going through a really tough time right now, I'm talking where you just don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. I know there's so many people listening right now that are in that spot Mm -hmm. in their lives. No kidding. uh, The other day I was talking to a mom who was just feeling at the end of her rope. Her son is chronically ill. They've tried so many different solutions, so many different medications like okay now let's try this and there just doesn't seem to be a solution in sight and it's just getting heartbreaking and Mm. um and so I was just trying to be a little bit encouraging and um I I brought up the verse that a lot of people have brought to my attention uh when I lost my dad when he passed into heaven um about a month or so ago And it's in Psalms where it says that God loves us so much that he keeps track of all of our sorrows and he collects our tears in a bottle. And I was trying to wax, you know, like super encouraging, super Mm -hmm. spiritual. And my friend with this chronically ill son went, well, he's going to need a bucket for my tears. I just love the honesty and um, get a big old bottle. Better get a gallon bottle. Yeah, and uh, I will say if if that's you, I just want you to know that that Kevin and I we hear you, we feel you, we try to have a lot of fun on this show. I mean, it's good, clean fun because we're trying to lighten your load and we're trying to lift those burdens off your shoulders, even if just for a couple of minutes while you're hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. But we also know how tough life can be and what you're going through. And um, we just want you to remember that God loves you so much. He collects your tears in a bottle. He sees you. I love what you just shared about a friend of yours whose son's having the, the health issues. That can be so hard as as a parent. Because as a, a parent, you just you you would do anything 
to make them better, including like oh, yeah. that. I think every parent that's had their kid sick or ill or not know what's going on. God, just give that to me. Can you mm-hmm. just take it off of them yep. and give it to me? I'll bear it instead of them. Oh, yeah. This um, mom has definitely prayed that for sure. Oh, and, yeah. it, and it's just so hard to go down that road. You question why and how and mm-hmm. everything else. And that's where faith just really comes in. You're like, OK, I, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why. And there's an illness or I don't know why this person walked out of my life and won't talk to me or I, I don't know why there's a million heartaches out there and everybody goes through them. That's the one guarantee in life, right? You are not going to get through it unscathed. I don't care what someone's Instagram page looks like. Hmm. Everybody's carrying something. And that's when the rubber hits the road with faith, right? It's it's It can be really, really hard, but you got to wake up every morning resolved like, okay, Lord, I'm not sure what's going on, but you do. And that's what it's going to give me peace today. It it can be tough. And and yeah, we're glad that we can be a, a part of that journey with you if you are going through a tough time. Did you and your other half have the money talk before you got married? Yeah, we when, did. We talked about how we're broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we're like, we're going to do this anyway. <laughs> One in three couples in the United States did not, according to a new survey, And a lot of couples are saying that finding out if you're financially compatible on the first date is actually appropriate. One of the biggest questions to ask is what kind of personal loans and credit card debt people have. Now, the top three financial triggers for fights in relationships comes down to spending habits, investments, and salary. Mm. Yeah, yeah heard, money, money can cause a lot of trouble in marriage. I heard one of the good questions to ask. It's it's like a big picture question is, um, how do you handle paying the bills? Everything from like, when do you do it? How do you do it? Who's responsible for it? And that just asking that reveals a lot about financial habits and spending and, mm. and how do we allocate money and um, and I can remember when Tracy and I first got married. I'm not kidding. We were we were B R O K E broke. And this was back when you wrote checks for bills. And anyone else ever do this back in the day? You floated a check. You knew you got paid on Friday, so you could put the check in the mail on Thursday, get that postmark on there, so it oh, wasn't wow. it wasn't late. And you knew the check wouldn't arrive until after your paycheck was deposited. So you could quote pay the bill with money you really didn't. I had no idea. I yet. mean, we were broke when we got married, but we never. Yeah. I never oh, knew yeah. about that trick. Float a check. We were oh, we were super creative. We, we knew. <laughs> we knew. I always tell my son about uh, long distance carriers. Do you remember those when long distance carriers first came out? There was MCI. You can get with us, and it's ten cents a minute for long distance. And they would send us. Uh, checks in the mail endorse this check and we'll switch you to mci well these companies will battle back and forth so we get a check like every two months we get a check for a hundred dollars which by the way we thought we were rich oh yeah when we got that check yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and we'd switch long distance carriers like every other month because they were sending us all these checks so did you have the money talk before you got married i think everybody can relate to what it feels like to barely make ends meet. Mm. You're probably in that, you could be in that situation right now. And the creative ideas and things you mm-hmm. do just to make it all stretch. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Man, I think everybody can relate to uh, what it feels like to just barely make it ends meet. Maybe it's just only when you first got started in marriage. Maybe there's been uh, bumps and bruises along the way. I, I just remember when uh, my husband and I got married, uh, he was in law school. 
I had just graduated college and I was desperately trying to find some kind of job and I could not get people to hire me. Mm -hmm. And so money was super tight. And one time we went to Walmart and I put a couple of things up at the conveyor belt and Glenn's parents were visiting and Glenn's mom just went, I got it. And I was like, Really? <laughs> and I straight up felt like I had won the lottery because she was buying like my shampoo, my deodorant or whatever it was. Yeah. And then uh, I remember another story of just how tight it was. I made this recipe and I was kind of, you know, still learning how to cook. And um, I made this Greek lasagna and I thought it was going to be so wonderful and so romantic because my husband and I had had our first conversation in Greece when we were in college, and it was going to be awesome. And I got confused between a uh, a clove of garlic and a bulb, and I used the entire bulb of garlic in this Greek lasagna. <laughs> I mean, we reeked of garlic. It was seeping through our pores. There was no vampires for three states away, but we were determined to eat the leftovers. It was disgusting, but we didn't have the money to waste the food. Right, right. So we had to eat it anyway. Okay, this is the funniest story. Uh, our friend Kim is so doughy-eyed and joyful and exuberant that she did something totally by mistake recently and caught herself in the middle of it and was like, what am I doing? I'll tell you what happened in just a minute. So have you ever been like super exuberant and doughy-eyed and excited about something and then you realize later like, oh, that was really creepy of me. Why did I do that? (laughs) That happened to our friend Kim. She works here at the radio station And she has a little boy who's only seven and she was riding the elevator in the building and this little nine-year-old boy got on and he's like, I'm riding the elevator up and down while my dad's at his dental appointment. And that should have been our first warning that something was not good about this situation. I mean, who lets their kid do that? That doesn't sound Mm -hmm. safe, but she just wasn't thinking. And she, you know, she's got a little boy. This is a little boy. And she said, Oh, well, I work on the radio at the radio station. Do you want to come see a tour of the station? And I have some candy too. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then she realized, wait a minute, what am I doing? And she right. goes, "You need to go back to the floor where your dad is getting his teeth cleaned right away. And if you want a tour, you can come with your dad later." Wow. <laughs> Oops. Only thing missing from that story is like a white unmarked van and a puppy. <laughs> she didn't mean it. <laughs> so I can see where our, our friend Kim made that mistake. Of welcoming that little boy and, yes. and who is riding Whoops. the elevator, obviously without dad knowing here at our office building. And she made the mistake of saying, ooh, come for a tour of the radio station and then quickly realize, no, you should go back home. I've made the mistake, I think, of being too outgoing and too friendly before. Um, and I said to my wife, I was like, hey, when I ride my bike on this one, uh, it's a trail. And a lot of times there'll be ladies will be walking by themselves or whatever. And I just say hi to everybody. I'm always like, hey, how's it going? Hi, how's it going? Hi, hey, beautiful day, huh? And I say hi to everybody. But I've come to realize that to maybe some of these younger ladies, I'm just a creepy old man. (laughs) (laughs) And your wife let you know? (laughs) No, 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 no. The the opposite. I told her about that. I was like, I think I'm going to rein in a little bit. She goes, please don't stop being you. She goes, no, that is so much who you are. The way you you set it up, I thought she said that. I felt that way. And she said that so much of who you are, don't uh, be a, please be a little old man, be 80 years old and still doing that. It made, made me feel pretty good. That's awesome.
Hey, do you wish there was a little bit more of a spark in your relationship? A marriage expert revealed this is the one thing she does to keep romance alive after kids. Don't worry, the solution isn't going on a date night. Turns out it's the little things. Doing small, thoughtful gestures for each other and then showing appreciation for it. Like walking downstairs and discovering your husband already emptied the dishwasher and thanking him for it. Or uh, they say hearing nice stuff about yourself all the time feels good and makes a huge difference in your relationship. Hmm. The other thing that really helps keep romance alive, strategically giving each other breaks. Like, for example, on Tuesday, uh, you do dinner and baths. And then on Wednesday, it's your other half's turn and you get a break. Hmm. And they said that way you get a chance to recharge your batteries and it keeps the romance alive. All right. Good idea. Coming up, have you decided as a family at what age you're going to let your kids have social media? Have you decided as a family at what age you're going to let your kids have social media? The U.S. Surgeon General recently warned that age 13 and younger is too early Mm -hmm. for America's kids to be using social media platforms. He said those years are a time when it's really important for us to be thoughtful about what's going on. Uh, into our kids, how they think about their own self-worth and their relationships. And the skewed and distorted environment of social media does a disservice to our kids. And, you know, we talk about on the Kevin and Taylor show all the time how different parenting is mm-hmm. nowadays. And Absolutely. isn't it wild to think, I remember a time when the Surgeon General's big platform was getting kids to wear bike helmets. Now <laughs> it's the insides of their heads that we worry about. Wow, that's true. That's profound. Wow. Yeah, the social media thing. I can just tell you as a dad of four, the positive, like, you know how a lot of times when you're trying to make a decision, they'll go, oh, write down the, uh, get a sheet of paper and write down the pros and the cons on each side. The cons way outweigh the pros of letting your kids do it. I'm just talking from experience as a dad of four. Let's talk a little bit about your kids and social media and allowing them to have social media accounts. How on top of it are you mom and dad? Do your kids badger you nonstop? Please let me have a, let me have a social media. Please let me get on Facebook. Please let me get on Instagram. Please. All my friends are doing it. I'm a social outcast. I'll never be able to show my face in the cafeteria again, ever, ever, ever. Do you have those conversations with your kids? We'd love to hear from you. What goes on? How do you respond when they they come at you with that kind of stuff? Do you dig in and say, nope, I'm sorry, I'm looking out for you? Or do you think like, ah, maybe it's not a bad idea? Talking about your kids and social media. Does it ever cause any conflicts? Is that like the dumbest question ever asked? (laughs) Have you ever had any conflicts about social media with your kids? Of course you have. Unless you're one of those parents, God bless you, that has said no you are not having it. It's not happening in our house. You know, when you're 18 or you pay for your own phone, different different story. But as of right now, I'm looking out for you. No, well, I guess that would cause that would cause conf- a lot of conflicts too, right? But how do you go, how do you handle that, mom and dad, when your kids are begging you endlessly? Please let me have a whatever account. All my friends are on it. I can't. They're all talking to each other after school. I, I'm not even a part of the conversation. I'm becoming a social outcast. Do you have any friends? That, that are really struggling with that with their, their kids, Taylor? Yeah, I mean, they um, they said no for years and years and years. I think finally now that the one daughter is 17, mm-hmm. she's allowed a couple of accounts, but they have um, time limits. Mm. So she has to decide, do I want to 
like be able to snap my friends or be able to watch a YouTube video because mm. I only have like only two have hours time. max a day. Yeah, They're, and it, it's a struggle because there's always you know the begging and that yeah. kind of stuff. And that's what happens at least in our experience with our kids is you set down these hard and fast rules. And when you have four kids coming at you all the time, I need to be on it longer because we're doing a group project. Which remember we had uh, we had a group of cheerleaders in high school cheerleaders in one time, and I asked the one girl. When you tell your parents you're doing a group project, how percentage wise, how much of it is work and how much of it is just fooling around in social media? And she's like, oh, 90 percent of it is fooling around in social media. (laughs) So even even when they say that, it's not, you know, 100 percent truthful that temptation to do other stuff is is there. So uh, those battles that go on in every kitchen, every car ride, every everywhere it seems like nowadays, once your kids get old enough to be like, oh, there's this bright, shiny thing called social media and I want to be a part of it. How does that go for you, mom and dad? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Paige, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we're talking about social media. And we thought with all the kids you have, this might be a good thing to give you a call about. Do, you, do your Now, your oldest is how old? Uh, she'll be 12 in April. And does she constantly drop hints about wanting a phone and social media? Oh, she wants to save every bit of her money up to buy the brand new iPhone. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and how are you feeling about that? Not okay. She just got a cell phone this year for Christmas, mm-hmm. and I'm very limited. Like, I have the monitoring app, so I see everything, and oh, she doesn't like that already. Yeah. So. The struggle so, is real. Does she push for, you know, like an Instagram account and a Snapchat and everything else? She knows the rules and knows social media. So when she goes to friends and friends have social media, her sisters ride her out and they're like, well, Carly's on YouTube with her friend, so then I have to take her phone from her. Uh, so do you ever sit there and scratch your head and think, why did I ever give this to you? Yes, but then I know she's home alone sometimes, so she mm. has to have that. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you don't have a landline a anymore, right? No. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Uh, well, you could get her the old school flip phone. She would hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you just reflected back what so many parents uh-huh. feel, Paige. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it is well, so hard. Keep up the great work, and thanks for the insight into a uh, little peek in what it's like in your family. Absolutely. Do you have those friends where you can just pick up where you left off hmm. all the time? Yeah, it's great. the best, isn't it? And I uh, was visiting my mom recently and i discovered a friend of mine who i went to high school with and Mm -hmm. we were roommates all four years at wheaton was visiting her parents Hmm. and so we met for coffee and i got to see her mom for the first time in years and years and years and her son and they went on and did some other stuff and we hung out at the coffee shop and drank coffee and um it was just so fun to pick up right where we left off and Hmm. we had a very distinct amount of time because she was taking her mom to a cooking class as mm. a gift. Mm-hmm. And just having like an hour and 20 minutes was the best treasure to be able to be there face mm. to face and hang out and catch up and tell stories. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Taylor, I met one of the uh, Kevin and Taylor show listeners the other day, and she had the coolest story of how she started listening to us. I'll, oh, I'll cool. tell you about it next. Okay. Okay, so we've had this happen a number of times where people have called into the show and they've called the wrong number. They're you though. Oh, I meant to call another radio station. I'll go. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on. Have you listened to our show, the Kevin yeah. and Taylor show? And and there was a lady a few years ago who she had never heard of our show. It doesn't didn't listen to the station. I was like, well, you should give us a try. 
Okay, my wife and I are out in an event, and she came up to me, and she goes, you're Kevin, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, you remember a few years ago, I had never listened to your show, and you told me to give it a listen? She goes, yeah, I've been listening ever since. Get out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she found the show through a mistaken dial. Right, right, through, right. Through a, a pocket dial. Right, right. <laughs> that, that is so yeah. neat. I it's, love that story. You, you got to constantly be running for office, right? You got to yeah. ask people for their votes. So. Definitely. Yeah, it was, I, I felt so great about it. She was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I don't miss a day with you and Taylor now. That's so cool. Kev, you know how you have that one daughter that has a t-shirt that says indoorsy? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people like that. And I would like to encourage you to become outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why in just a minute. So there's a lot of people that could wear the t-shirt that your daughter wears indoorsy. Yeah. She'd just um, rather be head home on the yeah, couch reading a book. There's a lot of people like that. Well, the other day um, I was home visiting my mom and I got up really early before the sunrise and saw the sunrise over the ocean in my hometown of Jupiter, Florida. Mm-hmm. And it was so special. I think you're the one who taught me the term thin places. Mm-hmm. You just feel closer to God. Yeah, places where it when, feels like the Holy Spirit can break yeah. through easier than in others. So I came home and I said, Mom, she's got a really bad back and it hurts to walk. And I was like, Mom, you should just, if you're, you're up early anyway, you should just drive over to the beach and pull like next to the ocean and just watch the sunrise. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, it'll just be so good for you. Well, fast forward, I find this article. Turns out that if you enjoy nature and especially do a little bit of activity out in nature, they found out it lessens your need for medications mm-hmm. for everything from anxiety, asthma, depression, high blood pressure, even insomnia. Wow. So no if you'd like to start trying to become outdoorsy, there's your encouragement. Mm. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Have you, your family or friends ever done something with you in solidarity? You know, like when you were going through a tough time. Well, check this out. Savannah Brown is a little girl from Philadelphia, PA, and she suffers from a medical condition that has caused her to go bald. It's called alopecia. And she lost all her hair in just the past two months. Can you imagine Hmm. what that's like being a little eight-year-old? Well, in a show of support for Savannah's resilience, her mother, father, grandmother, and aunt all shaved their heads. Not a lot of moms would, like, do that. Like, they would, like, cheer me on. My mom is special to me, like, really special. Her dad, Steve, then surprised Mm. her when he picked her up from school. He was wearing a hat, and he was filming the whole time when he took his hat off and showed her his bald head and she was like daddy but then i also saw it as a great opportunity to kind of disconnect from the idea of what the world defines as beauty kind of helped savannah realize that real beauty is defined by her character savannah is beautiful she is so pretty she's got great character she's this friendliest little girl and she's going through balding in the last two months Mm. with such resilience and look at that support she's got around her that's incredible yeah that is what a cool family